Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM. We are so happy to uh, have you listening to us again. <laughs> um, you are here again with Kyle Teixeira and John Teixeira. Um, and this week, we are going to be talking about should you be a landlord? And before we get into that, if you guys have any questions or want to talk to us about property management or anything else we discuss on this podcast, uh, feel free to give us a call anytime, 817-818-9039, or shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm. Uh, send some properties or whatever you want, and we'll send you what kind of money we can make you. So let's get into the topic. John, should you be a landlord? Well, Kyle, we know firsthand that everybody should not be a landlord, right? So we talk a lot about building wealth with real estate, and we talk about how it's the best way to build generational wealth other than building a great business, right? Those mm-hmm. are kind of our the two ways that we know of to do that. And, and we also have some experiences, don't we, with people that have become landlords, um, and really shouldn't have been landlords, right? We've heard their experience from, from their point of view, from the tenant's point of view. And we've, there's just been multiple scenarios that you and I have heard that just make you walk away and go, that person should never have been a landlord. This is correct. And mm-hmm. you said, it, I think what you meant was not everybody should be a landlord. Not everybody shouldn't be a landlord. Oh, um, okay. But yes, yeah. uh, and then... <clears throat> That goes on multiple uh, sides of the coin. Like we suggest, should you, you know, should you hire a property manager? Of course. Um, why to hire a property manager? All those points. But this this is can a lot of times be an initial decision of should you be a rental real estate investor, right? Not just a landlord. Um, is this the avenue for generational wealth that that you should go? You know, you bring up a great point. Can we end, let's end our discussion about, I want, I want to explain to people whether they should be landlords or not. We're going to kind of go through our, you know, our, our three points here, which is kind of family time and temperament, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. But when we're done, if you, if you're listening to this and you think, man, I fall into that and I shouldn't do this, wait to the end. Cause Kyle, I really want to talk to people about how that person that shouldn't be a landlord could still be a landlord. Mm-hmm. Can we do that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So if you're thinking about buying some rental properties and you're thinking, can I be a landlord? Here's the things that I that I see most. Um, I get the benefit as a real estate agent and a property manager of sitting at people's kitchen tables and being able to have this discussion with them. And a lot of times they have a spouse and we're having a discussion about what does this look like? They've never been landlords. They're considering it. And we're just having kind of an initial discussion about what it looks like to to rent out your property. How much am I going to make? What's it going to – what what is it going to take for me to do it? If I hire you, what is it going to cost me? We're having those kinds of discussions, right? Mm-hmm. And for somebody who's never done it before – that can be somewhat overwhelming, right? I mean, obviously, I already know that it's overwhelming to them, and I'm trying my best to make it not so overwhelming, but it's still, there's a lot of information that, and a lot of questions maybe being asked or not asked that are flowing through these people's mind. And what I leave with is a pretty good gauge on whether 
one or both of those people should be landlords. Do you know what I mean by that, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of points to that. And like you said, it can be overwhelming, but I think one of the main point around all those points is the level of uncertainty and how, how, how much it can be handled. It's kind of something you get a feel for in those meetings like you're talking about, uh, because uncertainty can be one of the biggest hindrances to any investment because investments generally take a level of, or have a level of uncertainty. Well, the only way to fulfill, um, you know, a level of uncertainty is time and seeing something follow through mm-hmm. with that. So now you can be certain or you can see the result or whatever it may be. Um, if you can't get to that point, you know, there's a lot of points here, but if you can't get from uncertain to certain because of a result and you, you know, there, there's a high chance you're going to bail somewhere in the middle um, <laughs> on the, on the journey to that end result that, I, you know, ends up being fulfilled. That's right. Uh, that could be, you know, that there's one of those situations that's a problem for everyone, right? Like it's bad for anyone trying to help you. It's bad for you. Usually puts you in a worse place when you, when you cut, cut the journey midway through, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is very vague um, because there's a lot of reasons, there's a lot of attitudes that can cause these things to happen or lead people in the wrong direction. Um, so it's intended to be vague. But. So you said something though, Kyle, that I thought was interesting. It made me think of, it made me think of that kitchen table experience and what happens before and after that kitchen table experience. In 2021, what do people do when they want to do something, anything? They go on the internet. They go on the internet. We call it GTS. They Google that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so, what does Google tell you about being a landlord? The the Google is is just like the rest of our media, right? And what splashes at the top of Google when you when you put in those kinds of questions are the things the headlines. The things that get the most traction, the things people want to talk about most is what Google's going to show you. And what people want to talk about most is their bad experiences being a landlord, right? Tenants and toilets is what we used to hear all the time. Um, Tenants and toilets are an old adage that we used to hear because people didn't want to deal with tenants and toilets. And those were people that they spun that story and pushed it out there, and that's the story they told. And nobody tells the story, hey, I've had this house for 15 years. I've been making money on it. It's been easy. Tenant's been great. I raise the rent every two years appropriately. I'm killing it with this. That story is not doesn't resonate and is not as headline-ish, I guess, as had to had to kick out and evict my tenant and came in to find all the carpets torn up and they stole the toilets and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, Cause I mean, it, it's a true for a lot of things, but in, even in this sense, good feedback is not primal. It's good feedback is less, or, you know, there's, there's always going to be, uh, you know, around controversial things, way easier to find all the bad feedback than the good feedback. And when you talk about Google and what it shows you, um, more people go looking for the worst case scenario to That's know right. that than they do the best case That's scenario. Because right. usually, I mean, 
when things are cut and dry, um, or not cut and dry, but it's risk reward. Well, you want to know all the risks. You're talking about. Yeah, it's and if the you don't know, you want to know what the worst case scenario is, just like you said. Yeah, and the uncertainty about your reward is how much money you'll make, how many problems there might be. Well, you can only That's experience right. that. You know, you can only That's go right. get go through the journey to get that. Um, the risks you can go on Google and find all the worst case scenarios that has ever happened to people um, because. <laughs> That's what, you know, talk about Google. That's what they want you to see because mm-hmm. you click on that and it's got a bunch of ads on the left and right. And guess mm-hmm. who's getting that ad spend? Uh, you know, the person who made the ad, Google, you know, that's why you get pushed there. Um, so it's not necessarily always what you want to see. It's what they want you to see. So, so somebody who's thinking about doing this then, whether I've sat with them or not, They've Googled a lot about this before and or after and gotten information from them. So hopefully they've done that before and maybe I'm able to kind of clarify what they've learned on Google a little bit and help them get a better real world understanding of what their experience is going to look like so that they can make a better decision, right? If they have a great property manager that has a ton of experience doing this, sitting in front of them that and they have no like and trust with that person, mm-hmm. then gosh, wouldn't that make that would make you feel a lot better about the decision you're about to make versus listening to all the stories you're going to get off of Google and you know, and your friends and family that have had bad experiences that they can't wait to tell you about? Yeah, yeah, I mean, because it's a it is a commitment, right? If you go hire a property manager, it's a commitment, if you go hire a real estate agent, it's a commitment, uh, same with a loan officer. Or, you know, and anything that assists you in these major life events or these major investment decisions, um, you know, you you wouldn't just throw all your money at a financial advisor without talking to him either. So I'm That's sure right. you could find the worst case scenario all in Google financial advisors, right. and you know everybody's different. Um, but knowing a, I'd say realistic risks and rewards is the most important thing to look at because you could. You could see a worst case scenario that can't possibly happen at your property, but yet it still concerns you. It's gonna, it's a problem because uh, people's psyche matters, right? You don't want to invest in a bad psyche, right? And be worried about something all the hmm. time and is it worth it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, just that's why we bring up, I guess, the Family. familial part yeah. of it because you could have those same uns, you could have the uncertainties, the, the, the drive an eye for a certain risk reward and what you can handle or whatever that may be, and then be completely different for spouses, like you said, um, and how well, those mesh for one purpose. Uh, well, let's skip. To look at. Let's let's combine these two topics. Let's skip to temperament because you're getting to that, yeah. and that's what that's what you mean. And and I often say people either have the temperament for this or they don't, right? And so what you just said is exactly spot on. Think about you and you and I and our spouses, right? You and I are the ones that are all in on doing this stuff and our spouses are a little bit more tepid. They trust us, mm-hmm. right? And they're fine with us and they have some real world experience so they know they're not as bad. But let's just pretend that you and I were doing it for the first time and our spouses were really nervous about buying a property or two or three or four, right? 
and they don't have the temperament for it. And they're in maybe in your ear, maybe every month. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Now we got to spend another $240 or we've got to do this or that, or, or I've got to wake up in the middle of the night and go unclog a toilet. And, and those things in your ear as a spouse, they cause stress. They cause an enormous amount of stress and it may not be worth it to you if you're thinking about buying a property, being a landlord and being your own landlord, especially, it may not be worth it to you because it may erode your marriage and your, your, your whole family structure. Very well could. And that's why I say in this example, foundations are important. And I, what I mean by that is setting a foundation or groundwork from the beginning, right? Like this is how things are going to go. Whether you have a middleman or property manager, um, how issues are dealt with, how uh, rent deductions or repairs or costs, how these things are going to be discussed. Just, you know, I always say it's very important to set that from the beginning. Say you're hiring a property manager. One person has temperament, one doesn't. Um, Telling that property manager, here, communicate things through me, not through both of us, or, um, you know, acknowledging the shortfalls and what you want and, putting logistics in place to make it the most feasible solution if you if you do want to go you know go down the journey cuz it can be done you know if if you have an investment minded person who knows that you know this tiny expense is good for a prolonged future and it doesn't fret them or you know isn't something they stop on but you know the other one will then the first person commonly makes the decision to uh, be the executor of those decisions and um you know, whether you bring the other person in or not is always up to your own decisions. But So it does have a lot to do with how the family is structured, mm-hmm. right? And how that marriage, let's say, is structured if there's only two of you that are making that decision. So either you're both on board and you both have the temperament, which I find rarely to be the case, or one has the temperament and one doesn't have the temperament and they're extremely risk-averse, right? Or... That second person, one has the temperament and the other one may be risk averse, but they are willing to allow the other to to worry about it, to manage it. And and they trust that person enough to allow them not to not to affect that that marriage, that relationship, mm-hmm. so forth, right? Yeah. And you said let's pretend that this was us doing it for the first time, okay. right? And we don't really need to pretend because there was a point when yep. we were yep. doing it for the first time. Yep. And I'd say the first experience takes a little bit of a leap of faith, like any initial mm-hmm. investment. Um, there's that leap of faith portion where where this becomes a problem is when it's the second, third, fourth time, and you're still having the same, mm-hmm. same uh, uh, you know, not shortfalls, but... Uh, Know, considerations or if you're still skeptical for all the same reasons well the first investment should should have given some confidence to the result whether negative or positive it's no longer just a sole leap of faith there's experience to go off of so and even when so kyle so i want to get into we've dealt with temperament i want to get in time a little bit but but i'm sitting here thinking about we've recently purchased one of our clients homes and that story is is interesting. That's a that's a great analogy. Even with we managed it, they literally did nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So time wasn't an issue for them. 
money definitely wasn't an issue because we were short-term renting their home and we were making a killing for them, right? They were making way more every month. We were sending them checks for far more than what a normal rent would be. Mm-hmm. And yet, while the husband was all in and enjoying the experience, the wife was still nervous about the whole thing. After, how long did we, we managed that for three years maybe? Yeah, about three years. That's a that's a long track record of positive success month after month after month, yet that spouse still, their temperament was so risk averse, they still got to a point where when the timing was right, they wanted out. Well, and it, it wasn't, I wouldn't even categorize that one as risk averse completely. It's actually more to the same statement of there's always more reasons than just the investment or there's always more reasons Sometimes than there's just more than we know. the money. Um, it's about your personal, your, your quality of life, mm-hmm. right? And yep. it was probably more of a quality of life situation because it was less there's just less being juggled in their life when they, mm-hmm. because of this decision. And, and the goal of the transition they were currently in was to minimize their life, right? Um, like you said, sometimes the funds, while you're getting them, maybe you don't need them. So mm-hmm. maybe consolidating everything into one house and having one set of bills and no external things yeah. to worry about Difference. is the most valuable thing yep. in your life, right? Um, so go get it. That's more power to you. But like you said, that's... It's a balance. When you got two people making the decision for different mm-hmm. reasons, uh, some things weigh more than others. Like to, you know, maybe someone else uh, paying some bills and having external things that you're responsible to do for five minutes every month uh, is is not even considered a hindrance. But you know, it's like it's a psyche game. You know, it's every person's different, and what you want to handle if you have the freedom of choice like that. It, mm-hmm. it can change. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, different stages of life will definitely change um, our outlook on, on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Including our, especially our investments. So, all right. So, Kyle, we talked about family concerns. We talked about temperament. What about the time it takes to be a landlord? People don't appreciate sometimes the amount of time it could take to be a landlord. And when I say that, everyone thinks about, Going back to tenants and toilets, what's the time it's going to take for me to deal with a tenant, to to deal with a toilet? It's not just that, is it, at all? People do not realize the amount of time that we put into each one of our properties to manage it properly, to make sure contracts are done correctly, that renewals are done correctly, that communication with tenants and owners are done correctly. That takes a lot of time. Those that decisions laws are upheld. That codes yep. are upheld. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, and in, in, in all of that, making sure you're protecting yourself mm-hmm. in all those aspects because you do have to protect yourself in all those aspects because uh, it's people's homes for one, it's your rental property for two, um, it's a monetary thing that, and monetary things can with big problems, big big amounts of money can be lost or risked uh, if, if not done right. So, and I think. To clarify, a landlord is the owner of a rental property, whether they have a manager or don't have a manager. Property manager is the hired middleman, right? Um, 
in those aspects, even if you have a property manager handling everything, the logistics, the collection, the payouts, there's still responsibilities of the landlord. Your property manager doesn't pay your mortgage for you um, 99% of the time. That's still something you got to do. Pay attention to those due dates. Uh, same with your taxes if you know if you don't have escrow and, and, and things like that. My property manager pays my mortgage. It's great. <laughs> well, there's arrangements that could be made, but... <laughs> But the point is, it's, you know, you can make it as hands-off as possible, but what things juggle in your head or you have to consider on a daily, monthly, yearly basis um, is all up to consideration if, if, if you should be a landlord. Yeah, so, so let's think about that. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of a person that's thinking about buying their first property, right? And, and a lot of people, let's say they're in their late 20s, early 30s, um, they've, they've bought a home, right? And they put in their own floors and dealt with their own toilets and painted the living room. And, and they feel like they know how to do this. Home Depot is, and Lowe's is right around the corner and they teach me everything I need to know. And I work, I go to a job that I spend between commute time, I spend at least 10 hours a day on my job. I wake up at 6.30 in the morning, leave the house by 7, I get home at 6 o'clock for dinner. And my spouse does the same thing. That's a typical family, right? That's, I mean, there's a lot of variations of how, <laughs> how people live, and especially in 2021, especially now with everyone working from home. But, but that is still very typical. And so what thinking about that person in that kind of a family – how much time, how much energy are they going to take away from their growing family? Maybe they have little kids, right? And they've got a, you, you know, you don't know yet, but I know how much effort it takes <laughs> to come home, give kids attention, read them books, feed them, feed them and get them to bed. And it's nine o'clock before you've done. I mean, that's a full-time job. So this person, whoever it is, needs to think about their particular lifestyle and if they've got the time to deal with a three o'clock in the afternoon, oh crap, the house is flooding, right? Mm -hmm. Or three o'clock in the morning, something's burning. What am I doing? What, what's going on? Right? It yeah, and to, and to go in line with that, a lot of these, uh, like sometimes. You know, people will be landlords because they have this fear of property managers or, or, you know, we've mentioned a lot of this in the past, but reasons you've told yourself that you're not going to hire one or you're not going to trust one or whatever it may be. Um, and then something like that happens, right? So now you're stuck with a big problem abruptly and it has to be dealt with by you because nobody else is there. Um, and maybe you don't know an expert that you can trust to deal with this problem and you have to call around, but you need, you're, you're on a time constraint. So now you got to do a leap of faith on some random person and then that could, could go badly and that could just cascade into a totally unexpected, overwhelming and, your life And that could nowhere. be taking time away from either your employer or your family, right? Yeah. And then you could lose a lot of money. I mean, then the risk, right. the risks pile up very quickly is more what I mean on that. Yeah. Um, where, you know, you you trust a property manager with it who goes through these kind of things every day. Uh, you know, that they can, they have trust in the people they use and there's some accountability systems there as well. Um, I feel like that person I just described needs to go back and listen to our six part podcast about why you should 
hire a great property manager or no, I'm sorry, how a great property manager can make you more money is what that's called, right? Yeah. And I mean, and all the rest of them, you'll get, you'll get a lot of pieces <laughs> of this, but, um, cause it, in our, in my experience, I'm sure your experience when, when landlords just jump to being full fledged landlords to I'm hiring a property manager, 99% of the time, there's one big event they can talk about, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, it's one big event that they thought would never happen, ultimately happened. And they have to not only deal with that, overwhelmingly deal with that problem. Now they're overwhelmingly trying to quickly hire a property manager so that, you know, they don't have that overwhelming problem again. And I think I've thought about a handful of, and, and, and I want to get into something else, that, but I've thought about a handful of, of our clients that uh, said the same thing to us. When, when they give us their properties, they're like, it's like a weight lifted off of their shoulders. And a lot of times, well, you know, it reminds me of boat owners, right? What do they say? The best, the best two days of, of a boat owner is the day they purchase the boat and the day they sell it. <laughs> and that's because that person buying the boat doesn't yet understand what that experience is going to be like. And that's, it's the same thing with this, right? Because you don't understand what that experience is going to be like. When we get those homes from those investors, they now know what that experience is like. So they feel the weight lifted when they hire somebody that's doing it for them, doing it better, making them more money. And they are no longer, they no longer feel like they're having to deal with driving 20, 30 minutes away to a house that's, you know, that they have an emotional connection to, especially that makes it even harder. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what's the list of problems you could deal with once you hire a property manager? It's, it's getting a bad one and having to rehire another one, right? Um, sure. There's, there's some outliers to that, but at least, you know, your, your worst case scenario pretty much. Right. And most people can accept that on, on a daily, monthly, yearly basis is having that, that one risk. Um, where the risk of managing properties uh, of things that can happen and how big they can blow up and all that stuff is how much they can cost you. Yeah. yeah. So at the same time, so I want to talk about something kind of take a little side turn here. Okay. And this kind of go into what, what we want to finish up with. And that is, if that person, we've talked about, should you become a landlord? And so there's some people that are probably listening to us thinking, well, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with all that. My wife's fine. I'm fine. We got the temperament for it. I've got the time for it because I'm retired or I work from home and I have a flexible schedule and none of that concerns me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fine. There's that group of people. And then there's that group of people that are thinking, well, you know what? They make a good point. Like my wife might not be invested in this and it may affect my marriage or maybe I don't have the time that I think I, I have for this and and maybe I don't have the temperament for it. Maybe I'm going to worry every single month when I make that mortgage payment about whether I'm making enough money. And and when that $80 plumbing bill comes in, it's going to stress me out. And and we didn't talk a lot about temperament, but that's part of it, right? The temperament part of it is do all those little tiny details stress you out more than they should? And if they do... Maybe you don't have the temperament for this. And that's kind of where that, where that comes, comes from. But what about the person we've had people, Kyle, that have actually hired us, right? Making a great decision, hiring and finding a great property manager. But I mean, I'm dealing with a couple of these right now. They have that control. 
that control mechanism in their personality that doesn't let them actually let go enough. And then there ends up being a lot of, I don't want to call it headbutting, but a lot of us trying to do stuff and them trying to do stuff. And it just creates a stressful environment for, for everybody. So I would say. One, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest you know, direct problems is one-sided conversations. Like, you know, I've said that to people before, but like, yeah, you're having a two-way conversation, back and forth conversation, but the side that's, you know, responsible one side is not even reading the communication of the other side or uh, or that's happening on both ends and it's just a useless conversation. There's all these things being created and, and spun up in, in that communication. So the the best way is to be direct, right, to the, the purposes of your temperament, right? Uh, not the purposes of your temperament, the purposes of, of why you're doing this and what is or isn't being done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I love that. So that's so you're referring to how you communicate with somebody that's managing your property for you, right? And 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 making sure that that's really clear and direct, and and the communication is functional, right? And that's so important. I love that. I I think I was going more with people that just have a problem letting go, right? Mm, Even though they've hired us, they still have a problem. They still want to be involved. They won't let go of it, and they refuse to let go of the, the activities, the stress, the worry, the, you know what I mean? And sometimes those people even don't have the temperament, right? We've had to fire clients that were like that, right? Because we just couldn't do our job. And if we can't do our job and two people are trying to do the same job, it creates a stressful environment for us as well. And, and that's, not, that's not what we want. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to be... It needs to be a win-win. Yeah, I mean, you're a middleman, so you got to be able to properly uh, address the issues and concerns to both sides, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, right? Obviously, you have a uh, commitment to one side versus the other in different ways, uh, but the point is you are the middleman. So in order to execute properly for both parties, you have to be able to communicate properly with both pro- mm-hmm. parties and... Uh, you know, empathize maybe or, um, but get stuff done, right? At the end of the day, it's about execution. So yeah. if, if you can't execute and one party doesn't want to let you execute, then you have to make changes. So being able to recognize how you'd operate in that manner also answers the question, should you be a landlord, right? So that slides us into what I wanted to finish with. So we touched on it a little bit. And so should that person now thinking to themselves, maybe I don't have all the tools to be a landlord or maybe I shouldn't do this. Kyle, should they go out and find somebody to do it for them? I mean, I still feel strongly that people can use real estate to build generational wealth. So so why not find somebody that can do it for them? Well, they should. Um, I mean, a lot of these points go towards you considering whether you could do both options, right? Being a landlord is one thing. Having a property manager as a rental owner um, is another thing. And some of these points apply to both. But we're not here to give you that definitive answer. We're here to ask the questions that are encompassed of should you be a landlord. That's a simple question, but it, you know, 
all of these things are involved in it. So you, you want to answer them for yourself and come to a definitive decision because like you said, investing in rental property is a huge way to build generational wealth. But there's also a ton of avenues to do that exact same thing as well uh, without a lot of these concerns. So, because if your answer is no, should I be a landlord of one single rental property that maybe I used to live in, then okay, we'll solve that problem by going to get a rental property you don't have personal ties to. Uh, if you, if to get past mm-hmm. that, you need to sell the rental property and just go buy another rental property and that solves that issue for you, then yeah, that's a personal reason to go do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go suggest that you go sell an asset to go buy a com- exactly comparable asset and then do the same thing and you know spend right. fees in between, but personal reasons matter, you know, yeah. quality of life matters. So uh, I think that's, it's, it's important to know what you need to consider to make yep. the proper decision. That's why, that's why we're discussing this. Right. Yeah. I love it. Um, I, I guess the only thing that comes to mind for me in answering that question is we just talked about the people that have, have trouble letting go of control. And, I think if you're going to hire somebody to do a job, you should let them do it. That does not mean that you don't pay attention to what they're doing. That does not mean that you don't maybe even sometimes question a little bit what they're doing. But if you're not going to use their expertise and you're not going to allow them to do the job that you've hired them to do for you, then then maybe you don't have the temperament for even that And maybe you're good at something else, right? Maybe you're good at putting together burgers and creating franchises for that, right? Or or something else. There's a lot of other ways to do what we're talking about. Investing in REITs. Yeah. Takes a lot of these problems out here. So you you really need to be able to find somebody you know, like, and trust, which isn't always enough, right? Mm -hmm. We've had plenty of people we've found that we know, like, and trust, and then bam you know, it goes bad or that people like us, they know, like, and trust us and hire us. And, and it goes bad because of that personality clash that we're talking about, right? That, that inability to let go of control and allow your, your lawyer, your doctor, your accountant, your property manager, all the people that are important in your life, that are professionals, that, that are there because they know how to do that better than you do and they should be making or saving you money or your health <laughs> in the doctor's case they, they just cost you money right <laughs> but um but all of those people you trust them to do their great professional service for you to make your life better and you've got to you, if you've chosen the right person you've got to let them do it and if you can't do that and you're going to question everybody in your life, then you should definitely reconsider whether you should be doing. Because it's, po- it's, it's possible to fully know people, right? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. We no. have some experiences. No, I'm just I'm just insinuating that you, you never know um, fully on both sides, right? Yeah. So yeah. you never know what people are dealing with. Component of trust, Absolutely. component of personal lives. Uh, yeah. But yeah, making yeah. decisions definitively. Yep. Absolutely. Kyle, good discussion. I, I thought this was going to be short and we, we drug it out for what? How long we drug it out for? 20, 25 minutes? matter. The question like is, should you be a landlord? Should, so let me ask you, John, should you be a landlord? Should I be a landlord? Yeah. Definitely. definitely. I definitely have the temperament for it and I definitely have the skill level and the time for it. Okay. 
Well, I guess that answers the question. Should you be a landlord? Let's let everybody ask that for themselves. Yes, I should be a landlord. Yes, you you should be a landlord. Your property manager says no to that. You should. You should be a property manager. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. Good discussion, Kyle. Thank you for very much. Close us out. Tell everyone where they can go to get more information. You can always go to wertpm.com or give us a call at 817-818-9039 or shoot us your list of awesome properties at show me the money at wertpm and we will show you the money. That's simple. Wertpm. We out. We out. Good job, Kyle.